Hey everyone, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host, Phil Beabout, and today we are talking with Oak and Pine Media about all things audio. Audio is one of my favorite parts to editing, so I am really stoked to have you guys on today. Uh, so let, let's just jump right in. So how are you guys doing? Good. Thank you uh, so much for having us on. We're super excited. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm pumped. Like, I, I love... I think audio is a just a like a missing dimension to people's films. Like there's there's so many like teasers and stuff that I watch that just kind of come off as flat because it's just music and video. So I'm I'm really excited to to kind of jump into like your guys's process and then you really really kind of dive into some audio questions. But let's kind of rewind and let's let's start at the beginning. How did Oak and Pine Media start? Yeah, it's a bit of a story of how we got here. Um, so basically, um, Brendan was in the corporate world doing filmmaking um, for big corporate companies, and I was doing graphic design, also kind of photography. Um, and we were living in Colorado, and we had had like friends reach out to us about filming weddings here and there. Um, and we always liked doing it, but we like never really thought about making it our career. Um, and then, yeah, we just kind of like met this photographer and it all kind of just started snowballing from there. Um, and our first like intro into it was probably the fall of 2019. So then 2020 was a little bit interesting so this is really like our first like real season, I would say. Um, but yeah, we moved, we started in Colorado, kind of got our like style and things formed out there and then moved back to the East Coast where, where we both grew up in uh, Massachusetts and um, just kind of started our first, I guess, real yeah. season this year. Yeah, I but. think it was like a, a combo of what we sort of both did. I was doing video production and then Chloe was uh, doing graphic design, but sort of nudging me like, Hey, check out these wedding filmmakers. Isn't this cool? Like, and yeah, I think once we sort of started to uh, do some serious weddings, I I saw what a a challenge it really is and how I I think it really embodies filmmaking and maybe is one of the most difficult uh, and challenging forms of filmmaking. There's a lot of, uh, run and gun on the spot, got to get the moment no matter what. Um, you're always thinking on your feet. And I think once I sort of realized that, I, I kind of got addicted to it and was like, all right, let's do this yeah. full time and make it a, a real thing. So, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't think you could have said it uh, better. Like in my limited experience with corporate and that kind of stuff, it does seem like it's it's easier in that you can just cut. Let's reset everything. Nope. The light's not right. Let's get this shifted. No, let's just, let's do yeah. a day for night shot. You know what I mean? Like there's yep. just so many things that you have more creative control under. Like I was, I was shooting a wedding a few weeks ago. I was seconding for somebody and we had missed a shot and I was like upset. And he just looked at yeah. me and was like, dude, it's a live event. He's like, he just gets a lot. There's nothing you can do. He's like, that's it. Move yeah. on. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess that's, that's the way to look at it. Like there's no, uh, so but yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no do-overs. You can't call a mulligan. So yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's, um, I think it gets the nerves going, which for me, I think as a creative, it, uh, 
it keeps you on your toes and keeps you sort of honest where it's it's almost impossible to to get comfortable i think every wedding is a challenge and in every wedding is unique so it's been a lot of fun sort of learning to work with our couples to create unique visions based on their day and and i think yeah every time you show up to a wedding i view it as like a different sort of little documentary that you get to make to to showcase someone's story and i think that's really exciting honestly yeah yeah and we really fell in love with like how meaningful it is i think when we were doing corporate work it wasn't as fulfilling because you create something and put so much into something and then it's kind of just like on to the next thing. But this is like people keep it their whole lives and they'll show their kids and their families. And it just has so much meaning to it that I think we just really fell in love with the excitement and happiness and everything around it too. It's like a motivator in itself um, to like keep getting better and keep learning and keep trying to like create the best videos because you know that people are going to be watching them like, 50 years from now, which is crazy. So, yeah, yeah, we definitely loved kind of the whole feeling around it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we had in the fall of 2019, we had a father of the bride give this just amazing speech. Like it was just, it was so good. And then he just unexpectedly passed away like one, two months later, just out of nowhere. And when I was able to give her that like unedited toasts in 4k with audio is when reality like kind of sunk in on how important, like what, what mm-hmm. we're doing actually is like, she'll have that for the rest of her life. Like she'll have that memory yeah. that, you know, that six, seven minutes of him just like oodling over her for the rest of her life. And yeah. that was yeah. like, that, that was kind of like a, like a big, like wake up for me was, Oh man, like this, this is really important. Like this is, so, but you're right. It does have a lot of meaning behind it. Um, I, I don't, I know we want to talk about audio. One thing that I do want to say real quick, this is completely random is I'm looking at your website and it is fantastic. Like I, uh, it is like, it's yeah, no, like this website, if you guys get a chance, go to oakandpinemedia.com. Their, uh, their website is just, it's, it's good. It's really good. Um, uh, so, yeah, so Chloe, I know we talked before we started recording about, uh, but Chloe made this just so everybody else, everybody that's listening when you go, I want you to understand like this, she made this. <laughs> so yeah, please, did. please yeah, don't go to my website. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. The, the most you've used your college degree in a little while, I think. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, you do what you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh. No, that, that paid off with that one. I can tell you that much. Um, that's right. I got a master's in uh, business continuity and risk management from BU. And uh, I barely touched my degree. And then the pandemic happened. And I was like, oh, look at that. I'm kind of popular all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, there you go. There you, go. <laughs> True. you never know, so, I guess. I know. Yeah, no, it's it crazy. So um, <laughs> let's let's jump into audio. So like I said, audio is one of my favorite topics. Like I, I think that audio is, I guess you, in my just layman's terms, you call it like the fourth dimension of the video. Like I think audio is like, it's it's ne- necessary for the video. Um, yeah. So why don't, if you want to, why don't you guys kind of walk us through what you think just some of the basics of audio is? Sure. Yeah. Well, I think to go off what you said, I I kind of view creating especially a wedding film 
I view audio as like 50-50 to the mm-hmm. actual footage. I think it's just as important. And I think without it, like you said, um, things can feel flat. And then with bad audio, it can actually take away from good footage and actually make that footage feel worse. So um, I think from the the basic standpoint, I think understanding how to, to capture audio well you know, within your recorder is, is a very important thing to understand and then how to sort of take that and post-process it and then use it in your edits creatively is sort of the, the other side to it. So, yeah, I don't know if you wanted to sort of start with, um, like, how we uh, capture audio and how we, we sort of uh, source our stuff and what type of equipment we use. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Yeah, so I think... Um, like most wedding videographers, we rely very heavily on the Tascam DR10L. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's sort of our go-to for anything bride and groom related. I think uh, anything revolving around the couple, we want to try to get those mics on them and get as crisp and clean audio directly from them as we can. Um, no sort of interference from DJ feeds or microphones or people not you know, using microphones properly. Um, and then also sort of just capturing those little in between moments as well that I think we, we realize when you have like a lob on someone, there's a lot of stuff that you're not intending to capture, but then becomes really powerful, whether it's a first look or just sort of an in between moment. Um, yeah, those like little things can really add a lot to the footage that you're capturing. And we like to sort of try to include that as much as we can in our, our films and our edits. And I think it adds a whole nother dimension to, to the, the feeling that comes out of it. Um, it really can put you back in that moment as opposed to just sort of seeing a cinematic shot of something. Yeah. And then I think in terms of using those mics successfully is kind of another part of it too. Um, we definitely like to like work with our couples and educate them a little bit on like what is a lavalier microphone where is it going to go like how to not like adjust a lot when you're kind of standing there and just little tips that can really make a difference in post um so that you're not getting a bunch of like ruffling and and things like that but just like kind of being transparent about how it works has definitely been helpful for us um to make sure that we're on the same page as the couple and they're just kind of aware of what it is and actually makes them feel like more comfortable about it too so that's yeah definitely and then I think um, it's obviously difficult at times to have mics on people. So we definitely rely on shotgun mics on our camera too. I think for for getting ready, um, just rolling audio, even when you think you might not need it, you never know when some small moment's going to happen when you might capture, you know, just a, you know, just these little moments, these little things that, you know, you, you might be in your head sort of thinking about the shot and getting this perfect cinematic you know, image, but this little tiny moment in time may happen and that audio can be so powerful to use. So we definitely try to roll shotguns throughout the day as much as possible to try to get high quality audio, just sort of passing moments as well. Now, are you guys, are you Mike and the bride too? We tend to not. It's actually, yeah, I would say it's situational. We definitely break down that, we would love to mic the bride to most of our couples, but logistically it's not always possible. So we sort of work with each couple individually and say, 
you know, it, the audio will be better if you do this, but there is a little bit of, you know, logistics to it. So it's sort of a case by case basis, but we definitely try to as much as possible. Yeah, there is a, the way that we like to work is we also like are very adamant on being kind of like blending in with the day and not being a distraction or taking away from anything at all. So we definitely have those conversations with our couples before and we're like, do you want to put a microphone on or not? Here's the Mm -hmm. pros and cons of each. And in most cases with the couples that we have, the brides would rather just not have to deal with like another thing and putting on Mm -hmm. a microphone, which is totally understandable. Um, and then in which case we just try to like educate them on what that means and just saying like, we'll make sure you speak loudly and clearly and then making sure the group doesn't move around too much. And we've had pretty good luck with it so far. Um, but yeah, we kind of, with our business, I'm not sure if everyone does this, we kind of have like a give and take where it's like, here's what we could do. Here's, you know, the, the pros and cons of each and just kind of have the couple decide from there. So yeah. Yeah. So one, one thing that I think is really important for everybody that's listening is if you've heard them say this a couple of times, they've discussed all this beforehand with a couple. So I think a lot of people, like we call it a storytelling session. So like, we'll, Mm -hmm. you know, pre pandemic, we would like get drinks or get dinner with a couple and that kind of stuff and get to know them. And then we'd cover what we called like housekeeping. And those, those housekeeping things are things like, Hey, you know, we'd like to mic the bride. Like we personally like Mike and the bride. We just use a white task cam, the same Matt Johnson setup. I think that everybody uses. So we didn't like reinvent the wheel with it. Um, and we, we've been using the zoom F two on the groom. Yeah. And that's been, that's been working really well. Because the noise floor on that thing is so low that you can you can pull up the bride can be like six feet away and you can pull that yeah. audio up and you're you're not getting any uh, any of that static awesome. or grain and yeah um, now mind you I did have to send mine back because I got mine and it was a, a groom was reading his vowels and it was popping all over the place and there's no there's no fixing that. Like there's just no like I thought yeah. it was gonna break my speaker when it started happening. I was like, what is going on? Really? Here? Yeah. Oh god, it was so <laughs> loud. Oh, it like startled me. Um, we get so uh, once we have our tried and true gear, it's so hard to like uh, move away from it. The task cams for me, it's like yeah. they work every time, so yeah. I just I stick to them. You but have, like trust issues. As yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm scared, but yeah. Oh no, we like, still have like, we we have a white task cam. We have a black task cam. We have two Zoom F2s. They they sent us an extra one. I don't know why, but uh, oh, there you go. Wow. <laughs> uh, but so that that covers. Do you mic the officiant? Yes. Yeah. I was going to say I'm like Oprah. Like everybody gets a mic. Like that's yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the officiants are easy. You know, they're usually have microphones on them anyways via the DJ, and they're you know pretty easy to deal with and if they have a clipboard too we found sometimes that you can just sort of clip a mm-hmm. either if you have like a zoom h1n or just another uh dr10l just sort of clip it on the clipboard and have something out there i think we definitely like to have as many mics in the yeah. vicinity as possible makes you feel a little bit uh easier if something were to go wrong with one of them yeah i know we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes have you been struggling to make solid cinematic films 
Do you watch other filmmakers and wonder why their products look so good? You need training. Good, specialized training. Something that is easy to digest and that you can take safely at home. I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about full-time filmmaker. Parker Walbeck and his team have put together an amazing course with over 400 training videos. Everything from Wedding Video Pro with Jake Weisler to how to edit with Premiere or Final Cut. Imagine getting proper, real-world training you can do at home. Imagine the impact that would have on your work, your skills increase, your quality increases, and then so do your prices. Click on our affiliate link below, take the free online training on their top 10 secrets to achieving cinematic shots, and see what full-time filmmaker can do for you. We did it, and it propelled our business. When something does go wrong with one of them. Yeah. Uh, but we we got the Rode Wireless Go too, and yeah, cool. That I wanted thing, to check those. Oh man, like that is just such a workhorse mic. Like I am just beating the hell out of that thing right now. Like if it makes it through this year, I'm going to be surprised because we use it all the time for everything. Like it's like the clutch microphone for us. But and I'll toss that up on the efficient. And you don't need anything. It's got internal recording. So just hit record, toss it up on, you know, just clip it to his lapel and then walk away like you're done. And, uh, but it comes in really handy because, uh, over the weekend I had two instances at the same wedding. (laughs) Uh, uh, I looked at Brittany when the Sarah, like right when the ceremony was over and I was like, did you turn the groom's mic on? And she was like, I thought you turned the groom's mic on. And I was like, well, I guess the groom's mic's not on. But <laughs> we we were connected to the, the soundboard and mm-hmm. we had the wireless go on the officiant. So their vowels, they weren't like reading um, like personal vowels. They were just, you know, saying that your standard traditional ones. So the uh, the audio from the wireless picked them up. So like the, the audio from the DJ soundboard was too far away. You know, his mic didn't pick up any of it, but the, the wireless Mm -hmm. go did. So I'll be able to bump that a little bit in post and then kind of recover it. But the, uh, yeah, so that's, you know, it's, if you, if you notice a common theme here between everybody is there's multiple sources going. So if I wouldn't have had, that was three sources of audio and one failed because I didn't turn it on. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was, yep. like, I don't even know we how I, <sighs> we were, uh, had a similar, well, sort of similar issue. We were shooting a wedding recently. Um, and I was very insistent on setting up. I had like a, an external recorder on the, the microphone set up for the officiant. We had the groom mic, the officiant mic and running sounds through the, you know, the PA speaker from the, the DJ um, and everyone was like, the, we were talking to the photographers and they were like, oh, that's so many mics. Do you really need that many mics? And lo and behold, the DJ mic completely cut out during um, like the grandfather's speech during the ceremony. So we had an extra H1N clipped onto it just as a backup. And that mm-hmm. did a great job of sort of picking up stuff when the actual mic feed failed. So, yeah, I think long story short, you you can't really have too many. It's always nice to... Uh, have a few backups and, and definitely always miking the groom, always miking the officiant and always running off of the, the DJ sound feed if possible. Yeah. Audio is like so unpredictable, even when you have like multiple sources, some of them might 
just be like recording better in certain situations too. Yeah. Like if the yeah. wind's hitting the groom in a certain way, but it's not hitting the bride, like in different, like just scenarios yeah. like that, or the groom's moving around a lot. And then there's a lot of like extra noise there. So just like having more sources, you might even be surprised when you come back where you're just like, oh, I didn't even think I was going to use this recorder audio, but it actually turned out better than the live audio because there wasn't like moving around or wind or something. So it's just like a fail safe. Yeah. No matter and that what. can be moment to moment, like you said, where the wind can pick up and you get a lot of feedback in one mic and the other one is sort of blocked and you can mm-hmm. sort of bounce back and forth in post and get clean audio when otherwise one source would go in and out or something like that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely, I, you're absolutely right. I can't count how many times I've uh, like switched over to the bride's mic when the groom is reading because it just sounds yeah. better. Like it just makes more sense to right. use that mic. Yeah, you're absolutely right. What, um, what, what are you using to capture like the toasts? Typically, so we have a uh, Tascam uh, 70, DR70D, uh, I believe it's called, which is sort of like our big workhorse recorder with, it has like four XLR ins. And mm-hmm. um, so we'll hook that up to the DJ's board or PA. And then I have like a limiter on it. So it's never going to peak on me. That's usually our go-to for toast. And then, like we said before, we usually work with the, DJ and the toasters to sort of tell them to use the mic, speak into the mic. Um, but then I'll, I also usually will clip a, an H1N onto the, uh, the actual microphone as well, just to have a backup. But we typically don't usually use any sort of lavalier mics for the toasters just because it can become kind of chaotic and things move very quickly and it is difficult to, uh, wrangle people and get that many mics on and then get them all back. Um, especially once you're sort of in full reception mode. So yeah, typically we're doing like a DJ feed and then just an external recorder in and around the actual microphone. Yeah. We, um, I wasn't going to say we have an H six, so I'll plug the H six into like the back of the speaker, the soundboard, that kind of stuff. But then (laughs) For those of you who don't have a secondary source and all you have is a lavalier microphone, I would recommend because you we like to put the toaster standing in front of a mic stand. And then I get yes. kind of gangster and I'll take a piece of gaff tape and I'll tape the microphone down to the top of the mic stand. Like that's you're gonna be yeah, prying at it for you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get sick of trying to get it off there, you're just gonna wind up talking. That's that's <laughs> so. such a good move. Yeah, we had a we just had a toaster who was doing he was just doing circles around loop-de-loops. the room. Loops, yeah. Just why? Why are you just, doing loopy loops? <laughs> yeah, just trying to hit focus was difficult. But yeah, that's another great thing to break down with the toasters before as well. Is just say this makes it easier for everyone, especially if you're using lights too. If they're moving around, yeah. they're you know it's impossible to light them. So I think yeah, locking the mic stand down, yeah. locking the mic down, and then it makes it really easy to put an external recorder right where the mic is and. Nine times out of ten, you're going to get a really good recording off of that, and then uh, off of the DJ feed as well. So, yeah, I think that I think that's probably the biggest key to toast is making sure that the toaster doesn't run around. Yeah. Yeah. No, we. Um, so at the at the wedding last week. Oh, what I was going to say about the lav mic though is if you have a regular lav mic, 
and you just have something like an H6 plugged in, you can tape the lavalier microphone to the mic itself and then feed it down yep. the mic stand. Like I used to do that. Yep. And you can't really Definitely. see it at all. You know what I mean? Like I'm not talking about use yeah. like copious amounts of tape. I'm talking about a thin piece of It's a little here. black gaff tape. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. yeah, and you can you can use that because we um uh, we've been using our um road wireless go but we mm-hmm. notice that a lot of people have cheap microphones and those cheap microphones you'll get static you'll hear it coming through the speakers like you definitely yeah. like i personally know i'm like oh man that is my recorder right there <laughs> so, yeah no definitely but i'm gonna play That's something good- for you so okay. uh, the the sound engineer on saturday's wedding so this wedding was very this was not like a cheap affair by any means the uh the sound engineer took my h6 plugged it all in and then Mm -hmm. got everything up and running for me. Like I, it was just sitting on the table and then I walked over to start doing stuff and he's like, I got it, man. Don't worry about it. And I was like, wait, what? So of course I checked the levels. Like everything was good to go. You know, he did that for the ceremony and then, um, he did the same thing for the toasts and I walked over, checked the levels, that kind of stuff. So for those of you that don't know the general rule of thumb that I've always been told, like I'm looking at my age six right now, is while you were talking into one of these, your levels should be between negative 18 and negative 12 dB as someone is actually talking. Because if someone's yeah. voice starts to inflect and that kind of stuff, like no matter, I'm not going to do it right now because I don't want to yell in people's face. But once once <laughs> that happens, like you shouldn't clip. Like that's low enough to not clip. And then you can normalize it in post. So yeah. there's a million dollar tip for everybody. But I... Uh, Oh, hold on. It's looking for my face. I'm going to play this <laughs> and hopefully you guys can hear it because I'll add it afterwards. So I'll, I'll actually put the audio okay. into the podcast, but let's see if you guys can hear this. So it's just pure static and in the background yeah. you can hear... So I'm not hearing a lot of toast. Yeah, I'm not hearing a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's awful. And uh, yeah, I looked at we had we had plenty of time. So the the wedding like it was just really well organized. Like it was a very like it was a perfect perfect storm for this because um, I looked at Brittany and people are you know getting their dinners getting plated and that kind of stuff. And I was like you know I was like let me just take the wireless go and I'm gonna tape it to the mic stand. So it's not on the microphone itself. Like I'm just gonna take a little piece of tape, just tape it around the mic stand. And this is, so I just want to give a hats off and a huge congratulations to both families for today. But I'd be a fool if I didn't there thank you myself wow. for today. So it's, it's just one of those things like having that backup piece of audio, like is, is a necessity. Like you, if you, if you have the time, you will never regret having an extra mic going. I don't think it can possibly hurt you in any way. Yeah. But it's a good point. You can't really control what's going on with the DJ's equipment. And there's a lot of variables and things that can go wrong. If they're using wireless microphones, there's, you know, transmitting issues. If they're just any of the equipment is bad, if anything sort of fails, your recording is going to also fail with it. So having your own external recorder that's not connected to anything is definitely a, a really good idea, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I've had a few situations where 
this is going to sound awful, but like the DJ or the sound guy, they just don't know their equipment. Like I plugged my H6 into the back of an XLR out onto a speaker, right? That's it. Mm -hmm. Nothing fancy. Just plugged right in with an XLR cable. It's recording. I watched him during the ceremony walk over and unplug it from the speaker. Now, mind you, we have everyone mic'd. So I was like, well, that was rude. And then I, yeah. afterwards I asked him, I was like, Hey man, why, why did you do that? And he was like, Oh, your, your device was changing the volume of the audio. And I was like, come on, man. What do you think? I'm stupid. Like, you know, that's <laughs> physically impossible, right? Like there's no physical way that an XLR out is allowing something to go in and then turning around right. and adjusting your volume. From an H6. Like, this is a recording device, dude. Like, it's not like it's... Yeah, I feel like it feels like the... Like, a PA XLR out is sort of always okay to plug into. It shouldn't ever affect any sort of... Anything coming out of the speakers. You're just receiving the feed outward. So, that's usually what we opt for and is easy for the DJs. And, yeah, you should never really interfere with anyone's sound by connecting to to the XLR out of a PA speaker. Yeah. One, one thing that I have the capability to do, I just haven't been doing it in like the last like four or five weddings is I have a Joby XLR splitter. So I can take their line from the mic itself, plug it into the splitter, Mm -hmm. plug that into my H six and then have a, a clean balanced feed going into their board. So there, it's physically yeah. impossible for them to manipulate anything with it. They could go buck wild on their stuff and it wouldn't touch anything that's coming into the H6. And I use that's that. Awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like a $30 thing on Amazon. Like it's not like this super expensive piece of gear. It costs like 35 bucks. If Amazon wants to sponsor me, please feel free. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I mean, on when I go to an event that seems like people don't really know what they're doing. This is not a joke. Like I'll bust that out and I'll, I'll pl- I'll hook all that stuff into where, like I joke with people about being the, uh, the master of your own destiny. Like there's, there's no way that they could do anything to that. And ironically yeah. I did it at an event and then that microphone's battery died. So when they switched <laughs> to the oh, other battery, <laughs> Well, when they switched to the other battery, I wasn't connected to anything because the original microphone was hooked into the splitter. And I gotcha. knew what was happening as I was watching all of it unfold and was like, oh, yeah. man, <laughs> this ain't going to be good. <laughs> so, the moral of the story, backup audio. Audio is a bit of like a Murphy's Law thing. And it's like you said, I know that feeling of, having your camera in your face and filming something and then watching yeah. your audio fail and not being able to do anything about it. It's a, uh, yeah. it definitely hurts on a deep level. <laughs> yeah, it's like watching a but train it feels wreck. Good to have a backup and know <laughs> yes. that you're safe in another way. Yeah. Yeah. No, those backups, man, they, they will save you. That is for sure. Because when that one, when the microphone went out, I didn't have a backup. I just had the shotgun yeah. mics that were on like a 70 to 200, which is yeah. nowhere even remotely close to that person. Yeah. Uh, yep. Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background, and easily available? Bring in Backblaze. 
the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. We offload our footage onto our external drives. Then that evening, the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site in a safe location where you can easily retrieve it from your browser and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.